0: Let's do it. If you have your Bible or your electronic device lifted above your head, somebody shout, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer and not just a hearer. And my life, again, and my life, one more time, and my life is the better after hearing, obeying, and applying a word from the Lord. Book of Numbers, chapter number 20, verses number two is gonna be our foundational text, Book of Numbers, chapter number 20, starting at verses number two. The Bible declares, now there was no water for the community and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. They quarreled with Moses and said, if only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Six declares, Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance of, to the tent of meeting And fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. If you could turn me down, just a hair in three and four, please. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock. Somebody shall speak to it. So here are the specific instructions of the Lord. Speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community, so they and their livestock can drink. Nine says, so Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence. Just as he commanded him, he and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, (laughs) look at this, listen you rebels, (laughs) must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock, not one time, two times for the rebels. Water gushed out in the community and their livestock drank. So watch this. Isn't it interesting how you can be used of God even to perform miracles, but God be displeased in the midst of that miracle? So from the people's perspective, Moses is a hero because he gave us water. But from God's perspective, you didn't do what I told you to do. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. Father, thank you once again for this opportunity. I pray, God, that you would, that you would allow me to pace myself, temper me, Lord God. I pray that the words of my mouth, meditations of my heart, that they are acceptable in your sight. And it is in Jesus' mighty name. Again, everybody says so again, we are here um, on this subject on healthy habits. I want to highlight again the definition that we used last week concerning habits. We said a habit is a subconscious pattern of behavior triggered by a cue or craving, motivated by a psychological in reward, and strengthened through repetition. It's, it's subconscious. So in essence, uh, when you have a habit, it, it, it puts you on autopilot. And we stated last week that habits are a method that God gave to our minds, our brains to conserve energy. This three pound organ conserves, um, consumes up to 20% of the metabolic energy in my body. So instead of focusing and using extra energy, things that we do a lot, it puts it on autopilot. So everybody shout habits are good. Say it again, habits are good. Now shout until they're bad. Okay, so habits are really good. It's the way God designed our minds. And I want to reiterate again that whenever we talk about science and psychology, psychology is the study of the mind. How many know God created the mind? It's the study of the soul. God created the soul. So whenever I use psychological or scientific terminology, I am only highlighting to the end that it is the study of what God created. Can somebody say amen to that? So when I look at this particular text after studying uh, Moses, I come to the conclusion that Moses has a habit of blame shifting. I see, I see this pattern, this subconscious deal in the text where when he gets into situations where he makes some mistakes or he falters, it's easy for him to point the blame to say, if you wouldn't have done that, then I wouldn't have done... But Some of y'all know people like that. How many of y'all know people like that? Okay, all right. Now watch the hands get lower. How many of y'all are those people? <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Wow. Let's go ahead and come to the altar now. So, so Moses, again, I look at the pattern in the Scripture, and I see he has this, this habit of blame shifting. When you look at Deuteronomy 137, look at his tone. He says, because of you, the Lord became angry with me. Just think about that for a second you the reason God mad at me. Don't worry about what I did. If you wouldn't have did what you did, God wouldn't be upset with me. Deuteronomy 4.21, the Lord was angry with me because of you, and he solemnly swore that I would not cross the Jordan. 22, I will die in this land, and I will not cross the Jordan. You know why? Because of y'all. 324 is crazy. Moses prays in Deuteronomy chapter number three, verse number 24, and look at his prayer, and, I, and I'm going to keep reading, but if you read too fast, you'll miss what he actually does. Watch this. He says, Deuteronomy 324, Sovereign Lord, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your strong hand for what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do the deeds and mighty works you do. So he's praising God. He's, 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 he's worshiping God. Then he goes, verse number 25, into his request. Let me go over and see the good land before beyond the Jordan, that fine hill country and Lebanon. 26, but because of you, the Lord was angry with me and would not listen to me. Now look, look I read this too fast and I missed it. And I came back and read it. So he started out in verse number 24 uh, at least Joshua, we know, was there based on the context and, and reading up above this passage. Possibly some of the other leaders and Israelites. So Moses goes into this open prayer and he says, Sovereign Lord, you're so awesome. You're so amazing. Your works, your deeds are uh, above all other standards. I'm asking you, Lord, please allow me to go into the promised land. And watch this. Verse number 26. Put that back on the screen. He comes out of prayer, and he starts complaining because of y'all. It's right there in the text. He's in worship. He's requesting, and he comes out of prayer. And he start, the moment he thought about why he can't go into the promised land, it's because of y'all. I can't go into the promised land. Look at what God says, be part of 26. That is enough, the Lord said. Do not speak anymore about this matter. I want you to shut it up and don't say nothing else about it because the reality is the people are not the problem as to why you're not going into the promised land. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the problem. Some of y'all been wanting to say that for a while. <laughs> you sitting next to your spouse, you're the problem. No, you're the problem. Now, don't fight now. Y'all just calm down, okay? So I see this pattern in the scripture. Moses has this. It's, somebody shot a bad habit bad habit. It's a bad habit. And uh, this is the thing about God. Um, everybody shout God is merciful. He really is merciful. We don't like to hear this part, but how many know his mercy does run out? Yeah. No, preacher, you're wrong. The Bible says his mercies are brand new every morning, but that don't mean you're going to meet that morning. God is plentiful, plenteous in his mercy. Has God been merciful to anybody in here? What? So so watch this. What's the difference? Grace opened doors that you didn't deserve. Mercy withholds judgment that you do deserve. So is there anybody besides me, you deserve some judgment that you didn't get. So God, <laughs> Jeff, I love you, man. So God has been merciful, but there comes a point when God says enough is enough, and it happened in Moses' life. He did something that God told him not to do. In essence, he just disobeyed God. God told him to speak to the rock, but out of his own anger, he allowed the people of God to frustrate them. And if you read read his story over and over, he allows these people to frustrate him where either he acts out of character or he speaks out of character. Now, I'm not trying to just minimize Moses' life because he did a lot of good things, but this is a habitual thing that I see in the text. So what God does, God says, okay, Moses, your season is up. I'm getting ready to raise up somebody else, and I'm getting ready to read you the story of the man, his successor. And there is something in particular that God is going to challenge this new successor, Joshua, to do, And he challenges him to do this because I don't want you to make the same mistakes as your predecessor. Let's read it in the text, the book of Joshua, chapter number one. Can y'all hang in there today with me? I need y'all to because I got three messages. (laughs) You're going to get all three today. (laughs) Praise the Lord. What about the series? It'll be too long. It'll be seven weeks and I only want six. Okay. All right. Joshua chapter number 1, verse number 1. The Bible declares, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses is aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land. I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong, everybody shall be strong. He says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it uh, to to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Here are the specific instructions he's going to give him. Verse number eight, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate. Everybody shall meditate. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it then you will be prosperous and successful. Now, this idea of meditation, um, it's not taught a lot. Uh, and sometimes when I do hear it taught, um, I kind of shy away from it, uh, because I do believe in biblical meditation. It's throughout the scripture, and I'm gonna show you several passages that encourages the saints of God to meditate. I was, I was first introduced to meditation or the concept of meditation. Years ago, I was about 19 to 20 years old. I was living in Hattiesburg. And uh, me and uh, one of my good friends, Jason, um, he's a pastor. Well, we were just both just preaching at this particular time. And um, one of of the guys who we loved to hear at that particular time, my favorite preacher. Like, at that time, I mean, I I would love to hear him preach above anybody at this particular time. He was coming to Hattiesburg. So I'm going to be in the city. So I go to the church, and he literally, like always, just blows me away. <laughs> my, my dad, this same preacher my dad, you know what I'm talking about, grew up listening to on the radio. My, my pop would say, he would say more in five minutes than the average preacher would say in an hour. <laughs> I mean, he would just be rolling. So I get to hear this guy live, and I'm absolutely blown away so me and Jay, we leave that, uh, this, 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 the service that night, and we go to the Waffle House, and we go in there, and lo and behold, who at the Waffle House? So I ain't even know where to sit. I'm like, no, I can't sit too close to him. I can't be too close. I'm going to sit right here and act like I'm not see him. And so I said, Jay, you going to say something? He said, no, you going to say something? I said, no, you say something. I said, all right, I'm going to say something. So I get up. And his scared self gonna get up behind me. No, you sit down. Now you ain't want to get up. <laughs> sit down. So I go over there to him and I say, "How you doing, sir?" Introduce myself. Da da I said, "I just got one question, and I won't bother you. Tell me what is the key to preaching." He had on his trench coat. He did this. He looked up, and he said, "Meditation." Have you ever been in a situation where you had to act like you knew what something meant, but you were confused? So when he said meditation, I was like, wow, wow, I got it now. How many know I didn't have it? I didn't have it at all. But I took to heart what he said and I went home and I started researching and studying out what meditation is all about. Now, now, again, bear with me because I got a lot. It's really not a lot. It's more reading than i like to. That's really what it is, but I do want to highlight some thoughts. Um, this thought comes from a book that I highly recommend called Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. Richard says concerning meditation, he says, all the saints throughout the ages have witnessed to the reality how sad that contemporary Christians are so ignorant of the vast sea of literature on Christian meditation by faithful believers throughout the centuries. So he's highlighting the idea that for centuries, he's, he's not even highlighting scriptures at this particular time that speak to meditation, but throughout history, Christendom, this has been a part of our discipline, just like prayer, just like fasting, just like studying the word. Meditation is a part of our heritage, it's a part of our disciplines. In the book of Genesis chapter number 24 verse number 63 is the first time we see meditation in the scripture Isaac His bride is is being brought to him, and the scripture declares how he is sitting, waiting, meditating as she comes. Psalms 19, 14 is an interesting passage on meditation. Most of the psalms just tell you, the psalmist will say something like, I meditate on thy precepts, I meditate on thy law, I meditate on thy words. But in Psalms 19 and 14, the psalmist prays a prayer concerning meditation. He says, may these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleased in your sight. Now, somebody shout, that's powerful. The reason is powerful because the psalmist understands the power of meditation. Because how many know, not only can you bear fruit meditating on the right things, you can also bear fruit meditating on the... So, if medita- meditation is like, pop is like fertilizer. If you throw it out there, it's going to grow anything it touches. So, it will grow weeds just like it will grow grass. Are you with me in this place? So he says, let me be particular in what I meditate and let it only be on things that are pleasing to you. In the book of Luke, chapter number 21, verse number 14, again, meditation is a common practice. So Jesus encourages his disciples on what not to meditate on. In essence, he's going to tell them in the moments of persecution, don't meditate on what you're going to say. What I want to do in times of persecution, I want to give you fresh revelation. So, so, so don't come to situations like this with ideas you've already rehearsed. First Timothy 4.15, and we'll move. Paul gives Timothy a reminder of prophetic words that have been spoken over his life. And this is what he tells him concerning those prophetic words, 1 Timothy 4.15, meditate upon these things. I thought about this and I didn't wanna say it, but I'm just gonna say it, cause it's kinda of bold. Some of y'all waste prophetic words. You waste it in your response. Because you get a word from the Lord, an accurate word from the Lord, and the only thing you do is shout, snort, and cry. And when you get up off of your knees and you're feeling all good on the inside, the devil is like, I ain't even worried, because they ain't finna do nothing with that word. What, what they did with that word was right what they did right then. They snorted, they cried, and they wallowed all over the floor. Messed up my chairs. Paul says, I want you to do more than cry snot, wallow. I want you to take what God, man, I feel good. I want you to take what God says and I want you to, say everybody shout, meditate. I want you to meditate on it. Let's dive deeper. Here's a thought from the Evangelical Dictionary of Christian Education. The the writer says, though meditation is commonly, commonly associated with Eastern religions, it is a Christian practice advocated in scripture. In Eastern forms of meditation, the emphasis is on detachment from this world, from oneself and from God. That's why many believers when you hear the term meditation, you like, "Uh uh-uh, I ain't ain't doing that. What you trying to, what I'm trying to transport myself from here to there. That's that's the that's the idea with most Eastern religions. Watch this. However, Christian meditation involves attachment in which There is detachment from the confusion around us in order to have a richer attachment to God and other human beings. Hence, the practice of meditation in a biblical context centers on God and his word. That's the difference between Christian biblical meditation juxtaposed to Eastern religions that meditate. The foundation of our meditation is what God said or what he's doing. The foundation of our meditation. God you got to help me. And you got to be careful. This applies to some of you all in here. You got to be careful about mixing religions. You 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 got to you got and I'm using religion broad terms. Because there are some of you all that came out of witchcraft. You came out of sorceries. And there are some things that worked for you, worked for mama, worked for grandmother. And here you are truly born again, and you're trying to mix practices, and they don't go together. <laughs> what did the boys do in Acts chapter number 19, That those sorcerers and those witches that were converted? The Bible declares that they took their books in the center of town, and they burned them. Because they said, we no longer practice this. Real talk, I know Hindus who were converted. I know Muslims who were converted, and they're trying to mix practices, and you can't do it. If you're going to meditate, watch the wisdom. It's got to be on what God said or what God has done. Can somebody say amen to that? So here are examples of meditation. Psalm 77 and 12, I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Psalms 119, 15, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. Psalms 143 and 5. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. Oh, how I love your law. Meditate on it all day long. Somebody shout, that's good. Uh, by the way, when I'm done, um, you can shoot chat, a text, or email, and he will email you these slides if you desire. Um, he already ha- You already got them, sir. If you take a note, jot this down. Hmm. Meditation begins with words and continues with imagination. Meditation, it begins with what I say. Hmm. It Begins with words, thank you, Jesus. It continues with imagination. It's What I say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Continues with meditation. Where do you get that from, Pastor McGee? I get it from the original Hebrew words, the two Hebrew words that make up meditation. Uh, The Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary, the author writes, the Hebrew words for meditation primarily were derived from two separate roots. The first means to utter in a low sound words. The second root word has the basic meaning of to be occupied with. Are concerning about. Hmm. Thus, meditation is the repetitious going over of a matter in one one's mind. It begins with words. It continues with imagination. Okay, let's 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 do this. So, I'm called to preach, and one of my I don't know about y'all, but I've never wanted to do anything sloppy. I've never, I've never. Uh, My wife, she calls me a board flipper, which I am. If you're playing a board game with me, don't be mad, don't look at me as pastor, I'm just Greg when I'm playing whatever. My pastor, don't say my pastor, you can just call me Greg. Greg, because if you beat me and I get mad, I'm just gonna flip the board. I did it at the teen center. I was playing connect four with a kid and he was winning. I just, (laughs) y'all pray for me, I'm still growing. (laughs) Like pastor, you cheated, get out of here. (laughs) I've always wanted to be good at what, and y'all are like that too. Nobody wants to be sloppy, I don't care what it is. I wanna be a great father, I wanna be a great husband, I wanna be a great pastor. So here it is, I'm a young man, I know I have a call of preaching, a call to preach in my life, and one of the greatest preachers that I know is standing before me right now, and he is telling me the way to get to where I am, to where he is, I got to meditate. So I did kind of play a little bit, wow, that's powerful. That's, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. But I tell you what I did do. I went home immediately. And I started researching, what is meditation? What is this thing that I've never heard of? What is this thing that I've never done that he does evidently on a consistent basis that gets him to the place where he is right now? So it brings me to this place where meditation begins with words, it continues with imagination. So. Let me take you, and it's interesting because I've taught on meditation, I just never taught y'all how I do it. So I woke up yesterday morning and, and my, my practice is, a matter of fact, out of all the Christian disciplines that I do, praying, fasting, studying the word of God, meditation is probably the one I practice more than all of them because I see the benefit of it in my life. So I woke up yesterday morning, um, my, my house is kinda, we kinda displaced, I'm sleeping in my living room right now, my wife and I. <laughs> Yeah, but hold on, first lady kicked him out the room. No, my wife and I are sleeping in the living room because they're doing some renovations in our bedroom. And so I got up out of my bed in my living room, and the first thing I asked, I said, God, what do you want me to meditate on today? And when I asked the question, we have this big throw, for those of you who have been in my house, and it has a picture of all my kids. And I asked the question looking up, and I look down and I see that picture, and I say, okay, I'm meditating on my babies today. So I go to a promise book because I want to find a scripture because Christian meditation is always based on either what God has done, doing, or what he has said. We right? Are we on the same page? Okay. So I go to my promise book, and I'm just looking for scriptures that I can meditate on that day. And I run across this particular scripture, Acts chapter number 16, verse number 31. It says, they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. So I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to meditate on that scripture then. So meditation, it starts with what, y'all? And it continues with what? So I went outside, and I just sat, maybe 10, maybe 15 minutes. And I just said softly, if you believe on the Lord Jesus, you will be saved, you and your household. If you believe on the Lord Jesus, you will be saved, you and your household, your babies will be saved, your babies, your babies. If you believe on, if you will believe, Greg, if you will have faith, if you will connect with God, you you will be saved, and not only will you be saved, your entire household will be saved, Your, your, your children will be saved. Salvation means wholeness. So not only spirit, but also soul, also body my my wife will be saved she will be whole she will be healed my babies will be saved they will be whole they will be healed if I, if i will believe believe greg believe believe i choose to believe i choose to believe i choose i choose to believe i choose to believe i choose I choose, believe. I choose to believe i choose to believe and because of my belief because of my faith not only does it impact my life but my whole house will be saved meditation begins with what y'all Begins with a word, it continues with what? I'm saying it enough, now it's sparking my imagination, and I'm beginning, because watch this. My kids don't have to be a pastor like me, but what I do want, I want them to have the relationship I have with God. I long for them to know God the way I know him. I long for them to experience God. So as I'm saying it now, I'm, in, I'm imagining it. I'm imagining each of my babies with their hands lifted as a sign of surrender. I'm imagining my babies saying no to temptations, specific temptations. I'm Watch this. I'm highlighting, ooh God, I'm highlighting in my mind what I see their area of weakness and struggle is. And I'm seeing them saying no to darkness, no to the devil, no to tempting things, no to things that will pull them outside of the will of God. Why are you thinking like this? Because if I believe, not only will I be saved, but my entire household will be saved. I see it. I see it. So I'm on my porch for about 10 or 15 minutes just meditating, meditating with my words and with my imaginations. Okay, where are you going with this, Pastor McGee? Okay taught last week that man is a tripartite being. Is that right? Spirit, soul, and body. I am a spirit, living in a body. I possess a soul. The five faculties of the soul, the intellect, the mind, the imaginations, the will, and the emotions, those are the five faculties of the soul. When imagination is engaged, everybody shout Imagination. What is imagination? Imagination is the ability to go beyond yourself, to see yourself in a place that you're currently not. That it becomes so real to you that it impacts the other four faculties. So when imagination is in place, watch this. There's an increase in my affection towards the object that I'm meditating on, emotions. There is a stimulation of my desires, the will. There is an expansion of my awareness, the mind, and there is a tendency to make new connections, the intellect. Imagination stems. I mean, I mean, really, really. Do you know what a dream is? A dream. A dream, in all actuality, it is a function of the imagination. And when you have a dream, what does it impact? It impacts your feelings. When you wake up the next morning, it challenges your desire. When you wake up the next morning, you start making mental connection. It expands your awareness. you be like, oh, I just dreamed about something like that. What she just said. It expands. Hmm. That's why when I go buy a car, I never test drive it first. Never test drive it. And my wife, she just, she just y'all pray for her. She don't listen. She don't listen at all. Because I know if I test drive the car, it's going to mess with my imagination. And the salesman also knows that. So we got this was several years ago when she bought her, her, her last car. She, I, we, I said, baby, we're just going to look. That's all we going to do. We're just going to look. Because my deal is, I want to compare specs. I want to, I want to compare safety features. I want to compare amenities. I don't want to fall in love too soon. So we get down, pop, to the first, we ain't even look nowhere else, first dealership. And I told the salesman, I said, look, bro, I'm going to buy a car, but not today. I just want you to show me so I can make an informed decision. That dude's smart. He looked at my wife and said, would you like to test drive? I'm like, ain't nothing wrong with driving. We can just test drive and we ain't buying. I know if you test drive this car, it's going to mess with your imagination. You're going to see yourself in the palisade. You're going to smell that new leather. And what is it going to mess with? It's going to mess with your, your emotions. You, you're going to become affectionate towards this particular vehicle. It's going to mess with your desire. You're going to have a willingness to try to figure it out. Intellectually, you're going to be trying to run numbers in your head, how we can afford to get this particular car. It's going to mess with all the other four faculties through imagination. Now. I'm teaching something that maybe you have never heard, but in all actuality, you practice it all the time. You sure do. Mm -hmm. It's like this, you're having a conversation, and somebody mentions somebody's name who you don't like, who did you wrong. Watch this, you walk away from the conversation, and you say to yourself, I can't stand him make me sick. I can't believe what he did. Who he you think he is? Meditation starts with words. It continues with what, y'all? Then you morph into rehearsing what they did and how you responded to it. And watch this. When you come to this meditative state, now it affects your emotions. Now you're moody for the rest of the day. It affects your desire. You just don't want to fool with nobody. It affects your mental awareness. Now you're always trying to look for connections of somebody else to hurt you the way that they did. You meditate all the time. You don't even know it. So if you're going to meditate, how about being intentional with your meditation so that you can get the true benefit out of it? Boy, it's show quiet up in this church. It's quiet. All right. So... Uh, two weeks ago, I asked y'all to do a homework assignment. <laughs> Bro, Ray, right, that's why I can't be no school teacher. I'd be mad every day. <laughs> I asked y'all to do a homework assignment. Do y'all remember what the homework assignment was? What was it, Sister Nikki? Jamal, you were not here, but you was online. What was the homework assignment? <laughs> Watch this. I'm a failure as a pastor. <laughs> I, I, there you go. There you go. Star student. What, what was it? Right down write down, stand up. Come on now, stand up. Give it up for this young lady right here. She said, write down five fitness goals. Moses, don't be disobedient. (laughs) (laughs) Write down five fitness goals. Good. Give us your five. Give me your words. So words Say again. Glory. Glory. Honor. Honor. Favor. Favor. Encourage. Encourage. Restore. Restore. Okay. How does those fit into fitness? Um, kind of so okay. Glory is in everything that I do, I want to glorify the Lord. Good. So for that. And then honor, I want to of course honor him. hmm uh, bring praise to him for the capability. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay. That's good. Let's give it up. Thank you. Thank you. That's good. That's good. Anybody else came up with fitness goals? Give me one. Give me one. Give me your top one. Health and energy to enjoy my grandbabies and my great grandbabies. That's great. Somebody else. Give me one right here in the back. Evan, my man. I love it. Body full of vitality. What does vitality mean? As long as you know, that's good. Because <laughs> there are times I'm, I'm guilty of using words that I know, like I've never like looked it up, but it just sounds like it fit. <laughs> and then I have to go back out the server and be like, God, did I use that? Go ahead. What, give me one. Come on, give me that, give me that. Okay. Help, help me out. I got four more. Her goal <laughs> is to stop eating candy. So what I'm getting ready to do right now is what's called a conscious interrupt. <laughs> 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 so the next time you eat candy, she's gonna be like, pass it through it. <laughs> but he ain't got this one. <laughs> One more person, one more person. Right here, yes ma'am. Increase uh, my weightlifting ability by like 10 more pounds. Okay, increase weightlifting ability. All right, this is what I need one, two, three, right here, four, five. Um, do you have a scripture to undergird? Because this, this, here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. The challenge was not just to come up with health goals but to get in the face of God, partner with him so you can come up with goals that are in alignment with his will. Okay, so, is there a scripture that you have that undergirds those health goals? Anyone? You have it? You say yes? Which? I don't know if it well, this is what I've been using. I shall live and not die. There I shall live and not die. <laughs> I love it. Scripture? Okay, Timothy, his grandmother uh, Eunice and Lois, mother and grandmother Eunice and Lois. Okay, good. Um, was there a scripture? She looking up one right now. You ain't got to do that. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Did, Ev, do did we have a? Did we have a scripture? It's okay. Here's the encouragement. Because if you're gonna meditate on what God says, how many know God is never gonna say anything that contradicts what He's already written? He's never gonna say anything in opposition what he already said. Okay, So if he says something, then you need to search out for the support of what he said. And it's your responsibility to make sure that the scripture that he gives you is in context of what he said. Me and Pop, we were rolling this a couple of months ago. I had something to preach. And um, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I told my Pop this is what I got. And I, I laid out my, my, my little outline or whatever. And he said, eh, I don't know about that, son. And to be honest with you, I knew what I was saying was a stretch, but it did sound good. But when he said, I took it back to the drawing board and recomposed my little message, so forth and so on. And then after I finished preaching, I said, okay, give me your thoughts. He said, now that fits there. That mess you were doing yesterday, I don't know what that was. <laughs> okay. God, should I go there now? Okay. Let me, let me go there. Let me go there now. I'm almost done. What time is it? My watch is broke. We on good timing. Y'all got these three messages quick. <laughs> I ain't I even entertain that. <laughs> okay, watch this. Um, let's go to Joshua chapter number one, verse number eight. Put that on the board. Okay. Joshua 1 and 8 says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will, what y'all? And what? Okay. So he says, if you, ooh, this is so good. Watch this. I need everybody to look up, look up, look up, look up, look up. If you take this and you keep it on your lips, and you mentally rehearse it, imagine it. After that, then you will be prosperous and what, y'all? It's good. Psalms 1 and 2 says, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates how often, y'all? How often? So, so that's, that's what I need to increase. I'm, I'm doing it in the day, in the mornings, but I need to add night. That's okay. And because he meditates day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. And watch this. Whatever they do, what, y'all? Whatever they do, what? Okay. Everybody shout, how? Everybody shout, why? I'm getting ready to show you why. Last scripture, I think. Isaiah 55, 11. Rush Shugart, that's so good, man. Isaiah 55:11 says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me, what, y'all? Void. But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing. Big shit, come here, come here, come here. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Yeah. So... Um, if I was playing football and I was a running back, I'd want him to be my fullback. Turn around. Look that way. That that way. Come over, sir. I ain't trying to drag you, sir. I just want you to come this way. Thank you. Jamal, come here, come here Jamal. come here, Jamal, come here, Jamal. Come here, Jamal, come here. Jeff, come here, come here, Jeff, come on. You two fellas, come Come. come on, come on. quick, 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 quick. Stand right here, bam, right here, right here, right here. Yeah, this is good, this is good. Everybody shout healthy habits. healthy habits. Let me tell you why, how many of y'all have had health plans in the past and they failed? That's almost everybody, okay? Come up some, fellas, y'all gonna be my linemen, right here. This is why your health plans fail. Girl, I sure need to do better. I just need to eat right. I need to exercise. I need to start running. I need to do weight training. And you know what? I'm going to get up 6 a.m. in the morning, and I'm just going to go Your shoulder is tired. I'm tired already. I'm going to just quit. You were trying to accomplish something in your own strength, with your own word. When the Bible says that, let me read it again, Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return, what, y'all? It can't come back, boy. But it shall do what, y'all? Accomplish that which I please. And it shall what, y'all? So this time, it ain't just my word. I'm taking his word. And I'm going to take my words and my thoughts. And I'm going to meditate on what he said. Now, nah, try to, come on, come on, come on. If you want to, if you want to, if you want to, if you want some. Look, the young bucks even got to the side. This is a picture of what happens when you meditate. God help me in this place. When you meditate on God's word, God's word cannot fail. So whenever you attach yourself to something that can't fail, how many know you gonna succeed as well? Can you say amen to that? Thank you gentlemen. That's why it's so important. It's imperative that if you coming up with some health goals, you gotta tie your goals to a, somebody shout, to the, to the word. Let me show you, let me show you, let me show you. You got to tie your, your health goals to the word. So yesterday, yesterday was what, Saturday? So Saturday I didn't meditate on health goals. Friday I medita- meditate on health goals. You know why? Actually Thursday and Friday, you know why? Because those were deadlifting days and squatting days. <clears throat> the days I hate. I love, I love tries and buys all day. I love chest all day. Legs and back, I hate it. So I'm gonna spend some time meditating. Here's my meditation. First Corinthians, I believe it's 927. The Apostle Paul says, I discipline my body like an athlete, yes, yes, yes. training it to do what it should. Otherwise I fear after preaching to others, I myself might be a castaway. Now watch, watch this, watch this, listen, listen. I discipline my body like an athlete. I discipline, I discipline, I train my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Less, I fear. After preaching to others, I myself might be a castaway. I fear, I fear. After preaching to others, after preaching to others, I myself might be a castaway. I, I discipline myself. I discipline myself. Now I'm going into the meditative stage. And Watch this. Ooh, I didn't max out. I didn't max out Thursday, but I came real, real close. I came real, real close. I started imagining myself in the squatting stance, putting the weight on there that I wanted. I imagined myself doing that 245 six times. I couldn't get six, praise the Lord, but it's all right. I'll get it next time. But I squat and I came back up. I squat and I came back up. I squat and I came back up. I imagine myself and imagine it. Watch this. There is a cognitive benefit, but there's also a spiritual benefit. Here is the cognitive benefit. As I meditate on it, it increases my desire. It increases my affection towards the thing that I'm meditating on. It gives me mental awareness. It's amazing how that my form is better after I meditate because my, my, my mental awareness increases. So there's a psychological, cognitive benefit, but then there's also the spiritual benefit because I'm not just meditating on any word. I'm meditating on the Word of God. So guess what? I cannot fail today. I cannot be disappointed today. I will succeed in whatever it is that I put my mind on, that I focus on, and that I meditate on. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you got to do this. Okay? All right? I'm done. Last thought and I'm done. So meditation is a practice that I've, I've been, I'm 42, 43, Ugh, I'm 43. <laughs> I'm finna be 44. Y'all pray for me. So pop right at about 20 years, I've been meditating. I've been meditating. Um, When I look around in my life, when I look around in my life, I see the fruits of meditation. I see the fruits of meditation. Meditation. When God first started talking to me about this building. It wasn't even ours yet. We was in the back, but I had a key to it. I just walk around it, imagining myself ministering and preaching just like I am right now. Psychologically, what did it do? It opened up an awareness to opportunities. And so when the pastor started talking about dissolving the church, it's like the right words came to mind. Why, because I had already been seeing myself in this position seeing the congregation right here. Pray several years ago. Um, we had five kids, <laughs> four of them, two of them sleeping in one bed, two of them sleeping in another bed. We need, we need a bigger house. Ain't just that I want a bigger house, we need a bigger house. The house next to us had been vacant for years. I'm meditating on a new house, don't know where yet, but I'm just meditating on a new house. I'm meditating on a new house. I just happened to just wander into that, just look through the window, just look through the window. It's been empty for three years. And I look down and there's a key there. Wow, awareness. Picked up the key. I wonder what this go to. <laughs> <laughs> open up the door and it. wow, it's open. And I walk in the house. And this house is what me and the wife have been asking God for. I did come out of the house locked the door but I held on to the key I called my dude chat chat I need you to look up this house right now found out it's in foreclosure I said let's get on it today walked into the house hardest move ever hardest move ever because we literally carry beds and dresses from one <laughs> next door <laughs> I should have got a truck that's what I should have did in the fruits of meditation interesting interesting yesterday while i'm meditating on my kids i'm meditating on my kids and there were things that i saw yesterday me and my kids we had a blast yesterday we just had fun just care, carrying on now we work now we did some work we carried on but we had a good time yesterday i was a little bit more mentally aware to certain cues and things that was going on in the environment because i, I meditated on it the sermon that you hear me preach today. This ain't just something that I just studied that I just read. I meditated on it. I mentally rehearsed it. The whole deal, Sit, it's up here. I see the benefits of meditation. Here's been my problem. I've never applied meditation to my physical health. Never. I've always tried to do this in my own strength, in my own energy. Watch this. I never meditated on saying no to cheesecake. Come on now. I mean, I've said, right, I'm just, I'm just now, I ain't needing it today. I ain't need it, watch this, today. But I've never just imagined it myself with somebody offering it. And you saints, y'all, y'all love y'all, but I can't stand y'all too. Pastor, I cooked you a blueberry pie. Pastor, here go a cheesecake. Pastor, here go, a pound cake. I'm like, thank you. Thank you, because y'all ain't helping me. How about, Pastor, here go some greens. I love some greens. Some collards. I never meditated on how to respond to that, so I wind up falling into the same habitual pattern. But when you meditate, when you meditate, is anybody getting anything out of this? Y'all, y'all... So this is what I want you to do. I'm done, Tim. This is what I want you to do. So if this is your first time hearing a message on meditation, if it's your first time hearing a message on meditation, like I presented it, please get with chat and get my slides. And I want you to study it out for yourself. Because if you like me, I really am an exegetical guy. And I believe that if you're going to stand on the word of God, it needs to be rightly divided within context of the scripture. So I want you to study it out. For those of you all who got the revelation and the understanding of what meditation is all about, I want to challenge you to go do it. Go do it. Go do it. What do I meditate on? Whatever God is dealing with you about and giving you a word, take that word and meditate on it. Paul told Timothy, the prophecies that's been spoken over your life, I want you to take these prophetic words, and I want you to start with muttering, uttering, with words, And then I want you to transition to uh, imagination. Meditate on these words. And you will see both not only the psychological benefit, but you will see the spiritual progression of success. You'll see it in your life. You'll see it in your life. You'll see it in your life if you do it. You'll see it in your life if you do it. You'll see it in your life if you do it. it, you, do it. you will see it in your life if you do it. So the same pastor that's saying you need to pray, the same pastor that's saying you need to study the Word, the same pastor that says you need to come to church, the same pastor that's saying that you need to fast, I'm the same pastor saying you need to make time day and night to meditate because according to the psalmist, you will prosper in whatever you do. According to Joshua 1 and 8, Then you will be successful after you have mentally rehearsed and meditated. Will y'all receive this word on today? Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah Jesus. Father I want to thank you so much God for this opportunity. God I've enjoyed teaching this word but even more I've enjoyed the fruits of living this word God. Ah thank you Jesus. Mm. And I can see over my life the failures that I have encountered have been in relationship to the lack of meditation on what you've said. So I myself am con- convicted and challenged, God, that every area of my life that you're dealing with me about, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take that word, and I'm gonna I'm gonna begin with speaking it and declaring it, and I'm gonna migrate to imagining the benefits of living this word. No matter what it is, whether it's my children, whether it's my health, whether it's my message, whether it's business opportunities that you're talking to me about, I'm going to see the promises of God lived out in my life. I thank you and I bless you. Look up at me. One more thing, I promise, and I'm done. One more One more more thing. So this, this this is just to help. So I have this book of promises, book of promises, and it's got about maybe 15 to 20 different titles in it. What I'm probably going to do is buy me three or four books like that, that have some different titles that it highlights. So when I wake up in the morning, I say, God, what do I wo- what do I need to meditate on? And he tells me my finances. He tells me my business. He tells me my children. He tells me the ministry, the church, my personal health. I can go to my books to kind of help me to highlight particular scriptures that speak to that. And that's my meditation. I just want to encourage you to find it. You can go to Amazon. You can go to a local Christian bookstore. Many of you guys probably just got them in your house, just laying laying around. How many of y'all like me? It was probably like three graduation gifts I got in high school. I'm sure I got four or five around the house somewhere already. I want to challenge you to do that. Father, now in Jesus' name, thank you once again for the opportunity to share this word on today. I pray, God, that the word rested on good ground, I pray, Lord God, that they would leave this place with an intent not just to pray, not just to fast, not just to study the Word, but to make, to find time. Thank you, Jesus, to find time to meditate on those things that you have communicated to them. Now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're in this place and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, To do Christian meditations, you need to be a Christian. (laughs) To do biblical meditation, your life needs to be founded on the Bible. The Bible declares, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus shed precious blood for you because he he knew that sin caused a gulf between you and the Father, and his sacrifice bridges that gap that gulf and if you will just simply acknowledge that your own righteous attempts and efforts are not sufficient enough to make you worthy for heaven or worthy to stand before God but only what he did on the cross taking the substitute taking your place so everybody thank you Jesus For the believers in here, I want you to help those that are struggling. I want you to help those individuals that's coming back to the Lord. I want you to help those individuals that are saying I've heard about God, but I I feel that this is my time to really surrender myself to Him. Everybody repeat after me, say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm lost without you. I confess that I failed you in many ways in things that I've said, things that I've done and things that I've thought forgive me for my sins I believe that you died on the cross and you shed ple- precious blood to forgive me of my sins so I receive you now into my life as my Lord and as my Savior everybody shall Jesus run my life oh that's good Say it again lowly, meditatively, say Jesus run my life. Run my life, run my life. Run me, Jesus. let's just hang there for a minute. Run run me, run me. Come on tell them God take control of me, take take control. Come on say it meditatively, take control of my life. Take control of my life. Take, take control of my, my temper, my attitude, the way I treat people, the way I handle my possessions, the way I handle my finances. God, I need you to God, take control. Come on, come on. Stay right there. Tell them, God, take control. Take the wheel. Lead me and guide me in every aspect of my life. Lead me, Jesus. Guide me. Mm. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, we bless you. God, we honor you. God, we thank you. God, we thank you. And it is in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, put those hands together all over this building. Give our God a hand clap of praise. Somebody shout, I love you, Jesus. Shout, I love you, Lord.